Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. When's the last time you took a time out? I'm Eve Rodsky, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fair Play and Find Your Unicorn Space activist on the gender division of labor, attorney, and family mediator. And I'm Dr. Aditi Narukar, a Harvard physician and medical correspondent with an expertise in the science of stress, resilience, mental health, and burnout. We're so excited to share our podcast, Time Out, a production of iHeart Podcasts and Hello Sunshine. We're peeling back the layers around why society makes it so easy to guard men's time like it's diamonds and treat women's time like it's infinite, like sand. And so whether you're partnered with or without children or in a career where you want more boundaries, this is a place for you, for people of all family structures. So take this time out with us to learn, get inspired, and most importantly, reclaim your time. Listen to Time Out, a Fair Play podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The NFL Podcast Network is your home for all things football. Do you love hearing analysis around the league with a touch of mirth? Or maybe you enjoy breaking down X's and O's in the college scouting scene. Do you breathe, sleep, and eat fantasy football? Perhaps you love the funny headlines that emerge each week. What if you want in-depth news coverage with reporters? Or what if you want to know exactly how each team got its name? Well, you're in luck because the NFL Podcast Network has a show for everybody. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are going all in on Colton Underwood from The Bachelor coming out. From the GMA announcement to the Netflix series that's brewing, we've got you covered. And we're talking with Hillary George Parkin about what we all might be wearing after the pandemic. It's April 14th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shiloh Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Well, Shiloh, I don't know if we've talked Bachelor before while you've been on the show, but uh, it's it's time to buckle in, my friend. Oh, all this news broke this morning and I went to Instagram to be like, who is this man? And he has, his Instagram is bare. It has zero posts now. So obviously he's doing some kind of rebrand, but I'm excited to talk about it because I need to know. So what what happened? OK, just to give a slight background for anyone who doesn't know, like you, Colton Underwood was a former bachelor on the show. He was branded as the Virgin Bachelor. And he ended up with this girl, Cassie. They are not together anymore. That is bare bones of what you need to know. If you remember a meme of someone jumping a fence, that's also Colton. You can let that go from your brain if that's not important to you. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about Colton. He came out as gay. He made the revelation in an interview with Robin Roberts today on ABC's Good Morning America. 
obviously like this year's been a lot for a lot of people and it's probably made a lot of people look themselves in the mirror and figure out who they are and what they've been running from or what they've been putting off in their lives and for me um, I've ran from myself for a long time I've hated myself for a long time and I'm gay and I came to terms with that earlier this year and have been processing it. Colton told Roberts that he remembered thanking God when he was selected for The Bachelor because he believed his prayers asking to be made straight had been answered. Underwood starred in the 23rd season of The Bachelor, where his supposed virginity was a hot topic. He's also remembered for an iconic shot of him jumping over a fence for contestant Cassie Randolph, like I told you, whom he dated for two years. It should also be noted that after the pair broke up, Randolph filed a restraining order against Underwood over allegations he was stalking her. Specifically, she claimed that he put a tracker under her car. Oh, that is a big red flag. (laughs) You just took in a lot. And here I'm jumping in with my classic duality statement that humans contain multitudes. And I want to say that we can be empathetic and happy for Colton that he's come out as gay. I could just hear his joy in his voice when he told her that he was gay. That relief that comes from being able to say who you truly are. But we can also stand here and be like, these allegations against him, that restraining order was approved. That's some tough stuff to see and read. And so I'm sitting here going like, you know what? That's really tough. I'm thinking about Cassie, who went through all of this And now her ex-boyfriend is coming out in this big public way where he again did apologize to her in the GMA announcement. But, you know, you know, this is similar to what we were talking about yesterday. We won't know the apologies that go on behind closed doors. We also don't deserve to know them. You know, that's for them. I hope that there is peace there. But, you know, this has definitely been a, a wild ride. Yeah, and there's more where that came from. I mean, we need to talk about this clip that's resurfaced from his Bachelor season featuring him and comedian Billy Eichner. No, the first thing I do, I'm gay. I know that's a shock, Colton. And that I think you should look into. Maybe you're the first gay Bachelor and we don't even know. I, I, no. <laughs> Put that in your promo. See you later. Oh my goodness, this clip. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you're hearing that. Like, that is Billy Eichner telling Colton Underwood that he could be the first gay bachelor. And, you know, he is just one of the many to offer his support to Underwood, writing on Twitter, quote, I'm happy for Colton. If you're gay, be gay. I've been gay forever and I love it. But, you know, it appears Netflix will be the one to give Underwood a platform to tell his story. According to Variety, he has a reality show currently in production and it'll feature Olympian Gus Kenworthy, quote, acting as a guide of sorts. One, I do not know what a gay guide is. I'm going to say that right now. Two, you know, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> so many thoughts and I don't even know what's going on. Notice <laughs> the pitch change. One, it makes me feel kind of icky, to be honest, because it feels like this was very like premeditated. It very much seems like he's rebranding himself and so that we'll forget about the alleged stalking. So that upsets me a little bit. It's also the show is just like, I don't really know what we'll be watching, but it is two cis white gay men, you know, which we've we've seen before. So I'm a little I'm a, I'm very no, I'm not a little I'm very apprehensive about this whole thing, about how it was rolled out, how it was presented to us. And then it's very difficult because it's just like, yeah, be gay. I'm happy you're out. I'm happy that when any gay person is out. But also it's just, whoa, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. I mean, I don't love the idea that 
he's, I guess, profiting off of this. Um, but I guess we'll have to see what happens when the show premieres. Um, but moving on, it is getting warmer out, which, as you know, Casey, I love the heat. <laughs> you do. That's true. I cannot be cold. Um, and as more and more people are getting vaccinated every day, that means that there's a future approaching where we all may be socializing with friends again or even going back to the office. Things will, of course, look different, and a lot of us may look a little different, too, just personally. Um, and, and that's okay. Understandably, this idea may make us feel a little anxious, especially when it comes to, you know, figuring out what we're going to wear. Today, we're talking with fashion writer Hillary George Parkin. She's been writing a lot about pandemic style. For Vox, she wrote the piece, To All the Clothes I've Loved Before, reconciling the sweatpants-wearing me with the fashion-loving woman I was just a year ago is an existential crisis like no other. Hi, Hillary. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. So you've written a lot about pandemic fashion, but I want to start by asking about your personal style and how your relationship with clothing evolved during the pandemic. Sure, sure. I mean, I've worked from home even before the pandemic, so that wasn't a huge change for me. I mean, it wasn't going from, you know, wearing suits at the office every day to sitting at home in sweatpants, but definitely there was a big evolution just in terms of not going out to socialize, not traveling, not uh, really seeing anyone outside of the confines of a screen. So definitely move towards sweatpants, sweatsuits, leggings, things I own from high school since I was living with my parents at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, that was really the major transformation, I guess, uh, clothing-wise. And, you know, it feels like so many of us have this collective anxiety of how do we even get back to socializing? And a big part of that is tied to fashion. Like, what do we wear? I was just telling Casey that I haven't worn anything with a zipper in, I think, a year. So what's stylish at this moment? And what would you say to someone who is struggling with that? Yeah, I mean, that is kind of a big dilemma for a lot of people, I think, you know, especially because we're used to having feedback all the time on what we're wearing, you know, for better, for worse. And that's kind of really how we, you know, reinforce our identity and reinforce our style. And now in the absence of that, you know, it's left a lot of people feeling pretty adrift, I think, and not really aware of what's in or do you even care what's in and cool anymore? Like, what, what does that even mean in this time? I know a lot of People have been taking more and more style cues from TV shows since everyone is binge-watching Netflix, HBO, everything. Um, that's, that's something I've definitely heard. So for a lot of people, adding to all of that is the fact that a lot of our bodies have changed and how we may feel unsure of how to dress a body that looks different. You know, I want to get personal for a moment, but my body has really changed. And yes, I can be empathetic towards it because it has literally gotten me through a pandemic. But at the same time, it's truly hard to say goodbye to a collection of clothes that stylistically defined me. I mourned for my clothes, you know? I truly did. They were a big part of me. That's how you express yourself. And you know, do you have any thoughts on how people are coping with that fact? Because I know I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know people are definitely feeling that. And especially because, you know, as your body changes, you have to go shopping, you have to get new clothes. How do you go shopping 
for a life that you're not sure what that's going to look like at this point, you know, especially if you were used to going to an office before the pandemic and now you're mostly remote or you've moved is a big one. Uh, there are big people have had huge life changes in addition to their body changing. So I think we're really going to see that play out in the coming months, I would say, as we go back to stores and uh, kind of shop online and figure it out. I think it's a work in progress style is in general for everyone all the time. So I hope that there will be kind of an element of experimentation and kind of freedom because like, as you said, our bodies have gotten us through this pandemic. Hopefully we can give them some grace and just kind of accept them for how they are and uh, kind of dress them without feeling too much, uh, you know, personal like weight on that. So much more to come. We'll be right back. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. The NFL is back, and the NFL app has you covered. So get ready for football all season long and just tap into the NFL app. NFL, baby, let's make it happen. Just tap in to watch your local and primetime games all season, now through Super Bowl 56. For the end zone, touchdown! Get up-to-the-minute news, videos, highlights, stats, and more on all your favorite teams and rookies to watch. Welcome to the NFL! Download to your mobile device today at NFL.com slash mobile or in your app store. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. I'm Colleen Witt. Join me, the host of Eating While Broke podcast, while I eat a meal created by self-made entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities over a meal they once ate when they were broke. Today, I have the lovely AJ Crimson, the official princess of Compton, Asia. Kidding, and Asia. This is The Professor. We're here on Eating While Broke, and today I'm going to break down my meal that got me through a time when I was broke. Listen to Eating While Broke on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Hillary George Parkin about post-pandemic fashion. Now, you point out in a piece that you wrote for Glamour that this year has provided ideal conditions for personal transformation, not just physical, but also emotional. And you spoke with several people who experienced this. Can you explain a little bit about how that translated into a change in their style? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, for some people, this has been a time to kind of sit with themselves and really figure out what they want to look like on the other side of all of this, whatever that ultimately you know looks like. One of the people I spoke with, she said that she decided she wanted to be the kind of queer woman who wears rings on all of her fingers and, you know, take that risk. And, you know, even if at first it meant that was going to be walking around her apartment and kind of giving herself that feedback and that boost coming out of it. She felt like she wanted to kind of express herself differently um, than prior to the pandemic. And I think, you know, for other people, it was kind of a reckoning with their work wardrobes and deciding that, 
you know, the, the pencil skirts that they wore before the pandemic didn't represent what they felt like, you know, not just in the sense that they wanted to be wearing leggings forever, but it just didn't feel like it really meshed with the person that they had kind of come to, to know over the months that they had spent at home. And not even just at home. I mean, this is something that was also expressed by some people who have been going to work every day. I mean, it's not just, you know, those of us who've been lucky to work from home, but, you know, people in healthcare who have been wearing scrubs every day, uh, teachers who are virtual or, you know, in masks every day going to school. And all of us, our routines have been changed and uh, that's been reflected in clothing. Mm. You know, I, I'm still thinking about it. so interesting when you said like the the person who started to wear rings. It, it just reminds me of when I was in high school and I used to wear eyeliner and I hated wearing eyeliner, but it, it seemed like it'd become a part of me. And then as soon as I went to college, I remember thinking, oh, I don't have to wear eyeliner anymore. No one knows me here. <laughs> so it is it is that like relief of kind of like that reset period of like, who am I going to transform? Like, you know, I was in a cocoon. Now I'm a butterfly. Who am I after this? But, mm-hmm. you know, something else uh, I want to talk about. When we do talk about what fashion has looked like over the past year, we talk about comfort, you know, a la the sweats and leggings, et cetera. And, you know, none of us really want to go back to the restrictive clothing we used to wear. Is this something we see staying around or like any trend? Will this have its moment and we'll all be back in, you know, heels and underwires by the end of the year? I don't know if it's going to be that dramatic of a shift. I think a lot of people are... (laughs) ready to uh, give that up for for good and have, uh, you know, come around to Crocs or to no underwire bras or no bras or, you know, people are going to demand from fashion comfort and personality. Like those things can coexist, I think. And, you know, we've seen there's been a lot of jewelry sales. That's one thing that's really uh, kept up during this time. And that's something that people feel you know, comfortable buying in some cases because it's more of an investment, it's more personal, but also it's not subject to this kind of trend cycle or uh, what's comfortable, what's not comfortable. A great pair of earrings doesn't matter how your body changes or what your lifestyle looks like necessarily, you can keep wearing them. So I think people are going to hopefully find the pieces that work for them, the style that works for them and that feels comfortable, and then also have more opportunities for self-expression because that's something I know that I've certainly felt at times has been lost, you know, during kind of quarantine and something that has been exciting to get back to where, where it's been possible. And, you know, something that you said just, I, you know, about self-expression, I really think that's so true because before the pandemic, I feel like we had to wear clothes for other people, you know, like whether it be at an office or like, you know, you have an event to like go to. And now it's like you're really just spending time with yourself in your home. Um, So it really is important that you find things that you like for you. Um, and that, you know, we've obviously, some of us have probably, you know, spent some money on, you know, matching sweats, um, or like fancy pajamas, but you spoke to a lot of people that invested in items that brought them joy, like for themselves. And even if they didn't have anywhere to wear it. So I'm wondering if you bought anything that, you know, to quote Marie Kondo sparked joy. (laughs) Ooh, good question. My favorite thing that I've bought in uh, quarantine, I guess, has just been vintage pieces from stores around Toronto, which is where I am right now. And I 
I mean, last summer, I definitely was shopping on Instagram. I had, you know, I'd look at their, um, you know, these vintage stores, Instagrams and pick out pieces, bike over to a store or meet someone in a, their front yard or something. And, um, <laughs> so it was more the, the experience and that kind of like local community feel that I really loved. But, um, yeah, I thought, you know, it's been sweatshirts. It's been, uh, some like patterned button downs, but yeah, I don't know if you had any experience like I did, but I was like, I bought two items that I wore every day, no matter what. Like yes. I bought, <laughs> I, I bought this like checkered sweater that I'm obsessed with. I wore it mm-hmm. every day during the winter. And then I bought Birkenstocks. I wear them every day. I'd never owned a pair of Birkenstocks before. <laughs> and now they are me. I am them. No one can take them away from me. And I do think it is one of the things I said to my friend was, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to wear when I go back out into society, but I do know that I will be wearing it every other day. So get ready for the same pair of shoes and pants whenever you see me. So I am excited for that to like see what people love and then also like people being just like accepting and just being like, you know what? Fair. (laughs) That's so relatable. I really felt like for maybe eight months of the pandemic, I was just a cartoon character and I had the exact same (laughs) outfit I would just like pull out every day. Like, you know, people are like, oh, these are my pajamas and this is what I wear to work out and this is what I wear like to work. And for me, it was just I have a shirt (laughs) and I wear it for everything. Um, So for me, it wasn't like a specific item that made me feel special. It was more just like the fact that I even took the time to buy anything new at all because I wasn't going out. I wasn't seeing anyone. So just to like do that self-care of like, I can wear a shirt that's not this color. It's okay. I can buy something new. But yeah, I, I love that people are you know, taking the time to find these things. I was, I was really big into like the TikTok clothes. I feel like between the leggings and this fancy robe, like I found a lot of new pieces to possibly buy, which is very helpful. (laughs) Mm. So one thing that I'm so interested to ask you, you mentioned that this year has resulted in some big changes in the fashion industry that could be permanent. One of them being that they learned to listen to customers. They shifted quickly to mirror what people were actually buying. So please tell me there's a way we can maintain that power as consumers. Can we at least stop the rumored return of the low rise jeans? <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know about that. I mean, you mentioned TikTok. Okay, and I, I do feel not like... like your reaction to that. I don't like your reaction to that. <laughs> well, you have the, you know, the Gen Z TikTok set that I think may actually be asking for the return of low rise, but mm-hmm. you can oh. choose. That's the thing. That's the beauty of it. You don't have to participate in these trends, which I think is kind of a big lesson. We are free to sit out what we want to sit out and participate where we want to participate. And if enough people choose not to participate, fashion industry will respond accordingly because they won't be selling anything. I think brands have had to listen to customers a lot more and pivot to their lifestyles rather than prescribing what they believe customers need. So definitely what you're buying is always going to be telling uh, fashion brands what they should uh, invest more in. So every time you make a purchase, you really are kind of influencing that system. I was just going to say that if low rise jeans do make a comeback, which I really, really (laughs) hope that they don't, I also think at least Gen Z will have photos that they can look back on and be like, why did I do this? Because I feel like that's 
all of the pictures I have are like, oh my God, this was so horrible. Why did no one stop me from leaving the house? And every generation should have that. So <laughs> absolutely. It's equality, equality between generations. <laughs> well, Hillary, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. This has been so much fun. All right. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, let's all continue to wear clothing that sparks joy, whether that's sweats or jewelry or vintage pieces. And be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Give us your attention, we need everything you got fast Waiting on reparations, we be the endless podcast Tune in every Thursday, politics and wordplay We fight for the people cause they got us in the worst way From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye From the left enclave to what the neocons say Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation And then break us off with some bread cause we waiting, waiting on, on reparations. reparations Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Paris Hilton, and this is Trapped in Treatment, a weekly podcast of shocking survivor experiences and stories from an industry plagued by controversy. With my hosts, Caroline Cole and Rebecca Mellinger, we will uncover the truth of one teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. Listen to Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.